the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Den with Kubale Agbayani. people. Let's wake up in the den. Kule Agbayani Alamia on this Tuesday on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Mahalo for tuning in. Hope everyone's having a great morning so far. I still got my voice. Woo! <laughs> I'm like uh, driving to work this morning, Alan. I was just thinking about like, man, it's pretty amazing how our, our good friend out there at the other place, JP, <laughs> tends to do that from time to time, having to do play-by-play late at night and then sometimes do like the early morning show and that show is really early so I'm like whoo all right I still got this to go even though I didn't have you know Alan Mia pulling the the late night with me like usual but it's no. okay we love Chaz on tie here as well but it's just always um I remember there was like a stretch of a couple of weeks where you and I were just like all right stay late you were in studio and I was on site and then the next morning we're here and then a couple days later we do it again yeah. which I will do it again a couple days from now as we will have the OIA girls basketball championship for division one and division two tomorrow again the first game for division two will be pearl city which i was like oh we didn't do a pearl city girls basketball game yet and castle which i don't believe we've covered castle yet as well so that's pretty awesome and then the nightcap in division one will be the top seeds in the division one east and west in moana lua and campbell uh, we'll talk about a little bit about that game that happened last night in just a little bit also coming up on the show we'll get you caught up with just what's going on on the boys basketball side in the OIA as their playoffs start uh we'll or start next week or this later this week and then next week is the semifinals and finals for the boys basketball and then of course next week we also have HHSAA soccer and then more state championships and whoo just when it feels like things are slowing down because football is coming to an end I swear it just feels like it's picking back up again because we like to keep ourselves busy here and then also just some events going on locally uh, talk a little bit about University of Hawaii men's basketball because Thursday you want to come out and see those sweet uniforms that they're going to debut and then in our sports business today <laughs> don't do it you guys don't do it we'll hear from a very special guest who mm. makes an appearance every once in a while Mm-mm. <laughs> makes a little makes an appearance he will join us later today <laughs> Yep. As we talk about our sports business, what's happening in this world of sports business, and of course, specifically in Major League Baseball, as it has to deal with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. And he will be joining us, Mr. Angry Allen. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> oh, yesterday. Oh. Uh, yeah. When the news broke. I know we're getting into it later, but it was, it was, it was, <laughs> yeah. And if you're not sure what that news is, we will tell you about that later. I but, might be a free agent. Yeah. 
We might have to. Yeah. <laughs> even the, the the radio station might be a free agent at this point because yeah. Alan's our our program director. So he might have to make a move with. We're going to abandon uh, the team completely. <laughs> Not only uh, is he abandoning the team as a fan, but also possibly as an taking affiliate. The, we're taking our station talent elsewhere and moving on. I'm a free agent at this point. I think. <laughs> so if you're curious on what we're talking about and joking about, well. I'm not, I'm not joking about Angry Allen being a special guest and, and making an appearance coming up a little later in the show. But first, all right, talking about what happened last night in high school girls basketball. Man, what a what a thrilling game, actually. The first game that we covered with Moana Lua and Campbell, it was, I mean, not Campbell, sorry, Moana Lua and Radford, which Radford was missing kind of like the, the freshman phenom, as Kyle put it, that was also... Um, who I've spoken highly about the couple of broadcasts that we did. I had not seen that she wasn't going to play yesterday. And we're talking about Casey McKinney. And um, yeah, unfortunately, she didn't play. And I think that was the determining factor. I honestly believe that it would have been pretty tough for Moana Lua to beat Radford had she been playing. Because that was kind of what was missing is that deep inside threat that she's always been able to really compete. I mean, they competed with Campbell and... I feel like that was the difference, but it was a really good game. Yeah, no, she's a difference maker by, you know, for sure. And not having her in the one in, in the biggest game of the season to date, um, you know, is it was truly missed by by the Rams. And and I think you're right with that inside presence, with her with her abilities down low. I, I, I think Moana Lua doesn't have the the horses to to compete in the race. Uh, but because hey look, but you gotta fight, you gotta capitalize on every opportunity, and that's what Moana Lua did. So uh, congratulations to the Namenahune. Um, it's a big, big win upsetting the Radford Rams. Yeah, and I mean, like Kyle had mentioned during the broadcast, when it comes to states, uh, all the teams that played yeah. yesterday are in it. It's just now in these next couple of games, and including the uh-huh. the ones that did not advance, they are playing for seeding in the state tournament. But at least they all make it, so their season's not over. But Namenehune coming out with that win over Radford, 35-32. And actually, this is what their head coach of... Moana Lua, the winning team, Coach Kirk Ranolo, our Paul Breck caught up with him after the game to ask him his thoughts initially about how that game went. Coach, close win, uh, real stressful at the end, but able to pull it out. What's it mean to you and the girls to continue the undefeated league play? How, how fantastic it's been uh, throughout the season. Have a chance to go to the OIA Division I uh, championship game. Uh-huh. It's a blessing, actually. Uh... You know, we don't, we don't look at our record and going undefeated. We're, we're, whatever's in front of us next, that's our focus. Uh, and I try to teach these girls that no matter what happened in the past, we got to move forward. We're moving forward. We don't, I don't drive my car looking in the rearview mirror. So we're going to go out. Every team that's put in front of us, we got to compete. And uh, these girls laid it on the line tonight. Coach Charles is a great coach. I respect him. I have the utmost respect for him. And I knew he was going to make it a tough game for me. He's very smart. Uh, he jumped into that man and chased us around. We got antsy, called a timeout. With 30 seconds left, we were up three, and I was like, oh, what is he going to do now? So I kind of drew up a play, expecting him to come back with that attack. <clears throat> but they sat in the 2-3 zone, and it kind of worked out. But I also gave my girls, if they come out in that zone, we got to know what to do. So they executed at the end fairly well trying to get the ball into my free throw shooters hands uh and just 
let the air out of it, I guess, and you run the clock out. Uh, you, you mentioned running the clock out there. You mentioned execution towards the end. Your team did a fantastic job on defense tonight, uh, forced 15 turnovers, got some nice uh, looks in transition, did a nice job on the offensive glass as well, uh, won that battle 14-6 on the offensive glasses. A, a good night for you guys there. Uh, how big is that advantage on the glass that you get? Uh, if you can get that type of advantage, how far does that go for you guys? That's, that's the ultimate goal. I told my girls tonight, defense and rebounds. Yeah, the more rebounds we get, the more possessions we get. More possessions we get, more scoring opportunities. If we get more scoring opportunities than them in the end, then it should play in our favor. So. And then there towards the end, things got a little bit tight. You guys went on a nice little run to open up a decent lead in that fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden Radford kind of starts to chip away, chip away, chip away, hits that three, and it's 33-30. Uh, what's going through your mind? What's your message to your girls in that moment? And, and right there through the end, how do you guys pull that one out? Well, that, one, that one there, that, that three was clutch. We, we still had a three-point advantage, so I told my girls, relax, nothing to panic. We don't need to panic. Get back, play defense the way we've been playing defense, okay? Execute our offense. If we have a scoring opportunity, take advantage of it. But it has to be an uncontested layup. If not, we're passing the ball, pass and cut. Move the ball, get to the ball, get, keep the ball in our guards' hands. Uh, like you said, we had a lapse right there. We had a turnover, scary point. But for the most part, I think we executed fairly well. Awesome, Coach. Hey, thank you so much, and uh, good luck Wednesday. Looking forward to seeing you guys again. Thank you, thank you very much. Appreciate it you guys. Hey. And again, that was Moana Lua girls basketball head coach Kirk Renolo and our Paul Brack catching up with him after their 35-32 close win over the Radford Rams to advance to tomorrow's championship game. And and he, you know, he gave Radford head coach Charles Chong there a shout-out. And, and it is right, and we mentioned it during the broadcast last night, that you could see because we were kind of sitting where, where our broadcast position was above the Radford bench. So we could kind of see during the timeouts when Coach Chong was like drawing up plays and we joked about it on wanting to kind of take a peek at the board. But he's quick to like erase it right after they come out of their huddle. And he he drew up actually a bunch of plays that were working because at this level, right, you just never know what's going to work. And the ball just has to bounce your way and you're like just everything needs to go your way in order to for your plan to be executed perfectly or at least get the outcome that you want and yeah coach Renolo said it best that coach Chong is very very smart again the fact that they were able to even keep it that close with Namenehune without their freshman forward slash center and Casey McKinney I mean kudos to Moana Lua for advancing and then on the other end not as a close of well, a game in the that's not true they held them within 20 that's a pretty <laughs> darn close game okay if you look at Campbell's <laughs> oh but I mean that's why I was going to mention with Radford that's how dominant Campbell is because Radford having Casey McKinney to close out the regular season, Campbell was still able to beat Radford, but only by a little bit. So that's how like crazy good this Campbell team is. Beating Kaiser 57-36 to to remain undefeated and move on to the OIA Girls Basketball Division One Championship game tomorrow. And I mean, I say it time and time again with, with these girls. Like they're just so like spunky I don't even know how else to explain it like just the way that they play they're just 
always like on their toes and they when when you're the opposing team you're just kind of like I don't know what to do it would make me nervous and that's I feel like that's how I would be because that's uh, I've played high school basketball and if I put myself in like say the opposing or the opponent's shoes playing against a team like Campbell I'd be that type of player because I didn't we talked about it like I wasn't like a baller or anything but I got a lot of playing time because I guess I could do what the coach needed me to do but at the same time if I got the ball and you have like Campbell closing out on me as fast as they do I would be so nervous I'd be like someone get this ball from me probably wouldn't end up getting that as much playing time because they are just so quick and and that's on defense on offense they're just like moving around hitting their outside shots and you don't really know what they're like they don't have unlike a lot of the other high school teams usually you have like two three if you're lucky like go-to scorers and really dominating forces for the team but with this Campbell team I mean like anybody can score they move well together and it was just it it was just awesome to see you you actually stole the words right out of mouth of what I was going to say the thing I like about this Campbell team is yeah they're dominant when you look at their scores throughout the season you go like man they must have one star player that just takes over that you can't stop no this is a well-rounded team I mean you you look up top to bottom Everyone's almost either in double digits or the ball is spread around. There's no one that has kind of like astronomically shot ahead of one or the other as far as like point totals and, and production from the offensive side of the, the ball. You know, like take last night's game. You know, you're, you're led by uh, Julian Parado who had 12 points and then followed up by Tasha Molina Schulte. She had 10 and then the rest are all right there with 9, 8, and 8, and 3. Um, so the scoring is is it's well rounded as as far as team play, and then you look at like most teams they play, you have that that style where it's usually one player is dominant or the other, or you maybe two, but it's predominantly you got one and four, and th- and that's it. And and Kaiser was no different last night. As uh, is it Alexis uh, Maai or Maai Maai Maai? So Maai twenty four points. What a what a spectacular game. But again, no help from I mean no no offense to everyone else, but. You need a little bit more production from her teammates. Oh, Alexis Maai. I I kind of joked on the post game last night that, you know, we do like our player of the game from each team. And usually the overall player of the game goes to the winning team, which, uh, of course, Julian Parado did amazing. Not only just scoring the amount of points she did, but nine rebounds and also being unselfish with three assists and also getting some steals on defense. But I kept saying, I'm like, I feel like overall I got it. I mean, I'm, I'm the one that's always like, I feel like our MVP can go to someone else besides a quarterback these days or at least nominate someone else for the Heisman, things like that. So Alexis Maai, like just when you talk about just pure wanting to do everything she can, put it all on the line for her team, that was this girl. And I just couldn't not like not say enough great things about her. But just real quick before we go to break, this is what uh, Paul Breck got a chance to just get a little uh, quote from the Campbell head coach and Jasmine Corpuz. And this is what she had to say after the game. Uh, what team's mindset is going in uh, to the matchup Wednesday and uh, how you guys feeling after tonight? Well, we can't say what we're going in on Wednesday. We got to talk about that tomorrow. <laughs> uh, for tonight, we enjoy the win. Tomorrow, we get back to the drawing boards. But, um, yeah, uh, defensive mindset has always been our strong suit. Um, and we, we kind of start to stray away from it when we get caught up in offensive games. So we've been working on it. We've been working on what's between the ears and working on us and executing the things that we've been trying to get across. And the girls, man, when they, when they do it and they, and they work together, it looks good. Um, we got to work on those dips, though, when they're not doing it. So um, 
I'm glad to see them climb, climbing the hill. We got another tough one on Wednesday. Awesome. Thank you so much, Coach. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and that's what she meant, work on those dips. And that's the, the crazy thing about Campbell is that no matter how far their lead got, they didn't stop. And I kept saying that. That, that's what they have to do. It's championship mindset. They have to look forward to the not only the championship game, but of course the state tournament where you're you're going and playing against the likes of Iolani and Marinol, who, hey, Iolani, I guess, do you consider it an upset when Iolani beats Marinol? I don't know, but this year Marinol is supposed to be really, really good in the top in the ILH, but Iolani was able to come out with the win. So you're preparing your team to play entire games from start to finish, 110%. So they did not show any signs of slowing down. But got to step aside real quick. When we come back, uh, we'll take a look more at the brackets, including boys basketball and other things happening locally on Wake Up in the Den. Wake up in the den, Kule Akbayani, Alamia. Don't forget, making a special appearance coming up on the show. We have Angry Alan going to be in the house during our sports business uh, segment and discussion, talking about the Los Angeles Angels. <laughs> but right now, we're talking about some of the things happening locally as we opened up just recapping last night's semifinal. Division One semifinal girls basketball games in the OIA. So moving on to the championship, it will be Campbell taking on Moana Lua. That's tomorrow in the second game out there at Moana Lua where we will broadcast. It will be at the earliest at 7.30, but preceding that game, the Division Two championship between Castle and Pearl City. So Kyle and I will be out there and Paul um, for to bring you coverage of that game. So be sure you guys check it out and tune in. When we look at the boys basketball, OIA boys basketball bracket. So it does get started this Thursday and Friday. But looking, just giving you guys a quick heads up on who has the first round by on the boys side. We have Kailua, Campbell, Kahuku, and Mililani. Oh, yeah. That's something I forgot to bring up for the beautiful people, Alan. That's okay. <laughs> Mililani. <laughs> I gotta put like I gotta find like you know, a, gotta find a recording of our alma mater just so I could. Put it let's not that. say we did. No, no, no. I just wanted to do a quick shout out to Mindilani um, Girls Soccer for winning. I believe it's like our twentieth twentieth OIA uh, title they did this past Saturday. So beating Moanalua three zero. What was pretty dominating. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, well, possession-wise, yes, they were they were dominating, but the first half was actually scoreless. It was 0-0 and then finally, which tends to happen with Mililani. It's like they put together a lot of passes and we were watching it Mike and I were watching it and Mike doesn't really watch high school soccer here. He watches, you know, everything like Euro soccer and World Cup and whatnot. But so he kind of he knows the game and knows what it should look like and he kept getting frustrated with Moanalua cuz he's like, "How come they don't they can't even string together like two passes and so he's like why don't they pass like why are they just passing it like and I'm like I don't know but you could tell that Mililani that's always been the game like that's bread and butter is I mean yes it's soccer and passing but sometimes in high school they have different game plans right depending on the talent you have sometimes you're just trying to clear it downfield and get your forward that's super fast to try to get the ball and score but Mililani has always been developed from the back 
and you transition up passing it around and then you find your break and go and that's how it was almost the whole game like they they were dominating in terms of possession and then just didn't find the back of the net until the second half and then scored three and there you go which I need to say a lot about Yai um, Ma'afala like that girl is fast like this is the first time I watched Mililani play this year like whole baloney like she just has this crazy bursting speed and that's going to be dangerous for any team that's going to play the Trojans yeah you play a lot of through balls through the center or you what you do is you you, like you said you kind of play long ball when you have someone a speedster like that and and you try to drop the long balls in over the top of the back line um there's the Tottenham's is pro with that with with Harry Kane and uh 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 San um they do a lot of that too because of their speed, and that's how you win. You utilize your, your talents and and off all speed. Why, why break? You know, why fix something that ain't broke? <laughs> so, but it's like bursting speed. Like I, I don't know how to. Okay, like I've talked about a lot with like University of Hawaii football and Tylen Hines. Like it's just like this crazy like bursting speed. Where is it like top end or is it first step? You know what I'm saying, right? Is 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 it her, is it her first step that she already she's already won the race, no. or is it kind of like that she when she gets to the top end, like then it's like you just can't catch her. Yeah, but it takes it's quick for her to get to that top speed. Like it's the where some people like like myself. I always had like a late bursting speed, so it's like I'd probably lose to somebody like a teammate in like running a 40 but I will durst them in like the 100 because I pick up speed a little like probably after 40 yards but for her it's just so quick because you just it looks like she's like trailing one of the other players in Moana Lua and then next thing you know she's just like passing them by it was and those, crazy and those are the soccer like soccer players that are the most dangerous right because they utilize that kind of that that first step which is a little bit slower to stay on side and then they play them on side, and then they have that burst, like you said, to get to top their top end. And then all of a sudden, you're you're behind the line already, and it's it's you know it's been on side already. So now now it's just basically you go one v one against the keeper at that point. Yeah, but it's gonna be exciting to watch with again Maafala and the rest of the Trojans because I mean she did score one goal in that game, but that team is is dangerous no matter what. But as my heart always breaks when we go into the state tournament, though. Why is it that the ILH school is just, uh, let's get so frustrated. Money talks. No, 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 no. You know, the ILH has got good talent. But what, what you're starting to see, though, is a, you're starting to see a little bit of shift in every sport, actually. You're starting to see a lot of the talent stay home and realize, you know what, I'll just stay home. I don't have to wake up even earlier than I normally would to go to school and, you know, in town if I don't live in town. So you're starting to see some of that good talent in every sport just stay home, and especially Mililani. So, you know, this might be the year for them. <laughs> that made me think of our, our guy, Hawks, baby. Hawks, Why baby. do you go private school? Oh. Why do you go to St. Louis? No, no more, more even chicks. chicks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, oh, come here, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Why you go come here, man? You got to, what is it? You got to run and sing for yeah, graduate. Yeah, yeah. You got to sing and dance for graduate. <laughs> So uh, I digress. That made me think of like, oh, kids staying home because the the whole premise of that that public school announcement that that Jax did was basically the kids not going to private school and staying home so that um specifically staying home in Nanakuli to play football so that they they can be hammers and not rubbers. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute because you know he's like, what is he? He's got to be only like six. Yeah, six he's or not seven. that old. Yeah, but he's got that like real high pit in, in innocent voice and he's like, Hawks, baby. <laughs> 
Oh, oh, oh why go St. Louis? No more even chicks. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, bruh. <laughs> Oh, all right. So uh, I got a little off track talking about soccer, as I said, Mililani. So going back to Division One boys basketball again, action getting started on Thursday with the first round. Uh, Friday will be the quarterfinal round. And again, getting the first round by is Kailua, Campbell and Kahuku and Mililani. The semifinals will be next week, Monday. And then Wednesday will be the championships for boys basketball, which once again on Monday and Wednesday, we will have coverage of that for you right here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Those games, however, will be at Radford, which is also, we've had our crazy games on the Division Two side, getting the first round by. They don't have as many um, teams, so they don't have as many rounds. So there's just the quarterfinals and then straight to a semifinal. So two teams getting that first round by will be Kalani and Aiea. And those games, will that semifinal matchup will be on Friday. Playing in the first round for Division Two is Waialua and Castle, and then also Farrington and Pearl City. So a couple of other things, as we mentioned, um, going on throughout locally. The I think you guys should come to Thursday's men's basketball game against. Well, not only is it a big, you know, Big West matchup against UC Santa Barbara, but if you've been on social media lately, as the young kids would say. The throwback Thursday uniforms lit. are lit. It's fire. Straight fire. Oh, fire, baby. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm sure we're t- completely saying I, you know, wrong you know, terms No, you know now. what? Hey, yeah, that's true. <laughs> there's, I, I there's, forget, there's probably like a younger kid listening and like, we don't say that anymore. I, what do you I, for, I forget. old people? I forget. We're Uncle Alan and Auntie Kuhle. <laughs> Auntie Kuhle. <laughs> it's like, we don't say that. <laughs> no, but I'm not... There's a lot of times I'm not a fan of throwbacks I because I think a lot of times they do a throwback, but they try to kind of put a little bit of a twist of, like, today's uh, schemes, especially, like, I don't know if you remember a few years ago. I think it was, uh, yeah, our softball team uh, came out with their throwback uniform, oh, I and love I love them. Too. Except for on the sleeve, though, instead of being Kelly Green on the sleeve to make everything match, it's a dark. it's the dark green in which they use today. And, and I just oh. thought, like, we're missing the point here. With a throwback because I love it. I love the jersey. But if you're going to make a throwback, make a throwback. Use Kelly Green and everything. Mm-hmm. Ke- Kelly Green and what they call Sheridan Orange and and go from there, right? Don't I understand why you're trying to put a little bit of today's style in there. I get it. But when you do a throwback, that's not what that moment's for. These jerseys I saw, and again, I just saw them kind of like at a quick glance on Instagram for the basketball team. Absolutely lit now i didn't see i didn't look like real closely into the color scheme but it's from kelly what, green is it kelly is now it, i was curious i popped it up i was like looks like kelly green to me okay <laughs> no but and but you understand sweet. what i'm saying yeah i love how they did like their photo shoot too at like a i don't know what court this is but they did it at like an old like like, like an outdoor court and it's like the older baskets in the background so they went like all out with just like this whole scheme so you have like Zor, Kamaka and Samuta and um, it's kind of one of those like mm, is this do they have like those NIL jerseys ready because like you guys can take my money <laughs> I'd probably buy like Kamaka's jersey though because that was actually my number in high school so I'm like all right I gotta rock 44 44 yeah because they didn't have my size in 24 was my soccer number. So then when I played basketball, I was like, okay, I want to do 24. But then they didn't have my number available. So then I had to go with 44 and then 14. So I did anything with the four at that point. 24 was the first. My number and now then is I'm four. like 44 or 14 were the numbers that I rocked during high school. So got to go with Samuta's jersey in 44. So hopefully, I mean, not Col- Samuta. Col- Kamaka's Coleman's four, jersey. right? Coleman's four. I think so. 
Yeah. No. Maybe Big Boss will uh sanction us their growl get one. <laughs> but right, I thought that was supposed to be a thing where like that was an NIL thing that was being worked out. I gotta go ask someone at the UH where like the players, if you bought their jersey, you know, they would get a portion of it. So at least it's going to a good cause, but we'll see. I don't know. But last thing that's going on, their deadline to actually RSVP or get your tickets to the National Letter of Intent dinner for Rainbow Warrior football. Again, the event itself will be next week, Wednesday. So it's your chance to yeah talk story with the coaches as they tell us all about their new players that they signed in the early signing period. And of course, the signing period next week. Yeah, just a lot going on. I'm going to be at boys basketball. Huh. Alan, help me keep my calendar together. <laughs> Heck, I always got to keep asking you, what are we doing? I know, what are we like, doing? Like... My goodness. <laughs> and then I remember mentioning like how I kept forgetting like certain things because I did like, okay, I got to focus on the work calendar and then the personal calendar. And then, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're all over. The place. We're all over the place, but make sure because the, the deadline to register for, the National Letter of Intent dinner is tomorrow. So be sure you go ahead and sign up for a table or individual tickets. You get free food and get to hear it from the coaches themselves about the new players. But when we come back, we will get into our sports business report and our special guest will join us next on Wake Up in the Den. All of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den, Kule Agbayani, Alamia, coming up our special guests. <laughs> but let me, you know, tell all of you beautiful people on what we're even talking about here. Uh, so looking over to the MLB in our sports business topic for today. Artie Moreno, the owner of the Los Angeles Angels, has decided to no longer put the club up for sale. And it was not about how many potential buyers had materialized or what they might have bid, but his having become reinvigorated about retaining ownership. And this is according to the LA Times. More than half a dozen potential buyers had expressed interest, including Warriors owner Joe Jacob, LA Times owner Patrick Soon-Shiong, and of course, as we anticipated, investors from Japan, as they have Shohei Otani, the biggest superstar that currently is in the U.S., but and the biggest star in Japan, uh, potential buyers had been reviewing team finances and visiting the stadium, and initial bids were due next month. But it is not unheard of for an owner to field bids, then decide then decide not to sell because the bids had fallen short. In this case, though, with the Angels projected to sell for a record price for an MLB franchise of at least two and a half billion, yes, with a B, two and a half billion dollars, Moreno decided over the last week to simply call off the sale without taking any bids. And it is uncertain whether such a record MLB bid would have materialized. But I got to go back to the deciding not to sell because he has become, quote, reinvigorated about retaining ownership. And ladies and gentlemen, introducing Angry Alan. <laughs> 
I need a new team. It's <laughs> the first time I'm saying this since I've been born. I grew up in that stadium. I'm, I'm an Angel fan through and through. This is, but enough's enough. Um, here's the thing that that really bothers me and irks me. Um, yeah, they're going to get a record sale. It would have been 2.5 at least, but you know, projections were saying because of how many bids were coming in, how serious these bids were, they were probably going to actually fetch probably near around three billion. It was going to be more probably about yeah. 2.8, 2.9. Uh, again, it's a lot of money for a franchise that's just dwindling in mediocrity. And and that's not because of the roster or anything. It's just because of other circumstances and plus a dilapidated stadium and, and Angel Stadium. Even though I love it, 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 it is it is a dump. No offense. I mean, yeah. they, what they did was only superficial things to make it look nice. But the interior is a dump. Um, and you can't <laughs> tell me otherwise. But here's the problem I have. You came out a couple, few months ago and you said, you know what? I'm getting older. I don't have that energy, yada, 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 and my kids don't want it. It's time to sell it and give it to the you know someone who wants to uh, make this work and have a go of things. Comes time to it where these bids are going to start coming in hot and heavy. You got investors coming in to look at this play, look at Angel Stadium, look at the team, look at the finances, and now all of a sudden you're going to sit there and pull the rug underneath the fans of what they've wanted for years, you stepping away, and now you're just going to say, no, I'm reinvigorated. What reinvigorated you to want to stay part ownership? And Manfred, Rob Manfred, I've never been really against you, but now I am. Because what have you been talking to Artie about? What are you getting out of this deal for you to be happy that this is going to, you know, that, that Artie's going to be staying? Artie is full of controversy right now outside of owning the Angels and the, and the decisions he's been making as of late when it comes to this team. Um your kids now all of a sudden they're interested is is that the reason why you're keeping the angels is is now all of a sudden your kids going like oh wait i'm leaving how much money on the table by selling the team yeah i'd make 2.3 billion but you're saying you know over the over the course of how many years i can make how much now they're 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 invigorated to be a part of this this thing i it just it's it's funny to me because normally sellers or owners back out of team sales because of like you just said they don't have enough. Yeah, they're it, it, they're not going to get the value that they they valued the team at, and that is understandable. But you're talking about a record fetching sale here, where really this team is probably only worth about 1.3. But you're you're including the the surrounding area of Anaheim to make it about 2.8, 2.9 billion dollars. And either way, we mentioned it last week when we were talking about the Angels and their their failure to cater to the uh, Latino market, Latino market in their in radio. But he had bought the team for like a hundred and something million with inflation that would be three hundred something million to today. So that puts it in perspective that how much of a return on investment this is. So yes. You're just thinking uh, he bought it three hundred something and going to fetch even if you it was only air quote, only going to fetch a billion dollars. That's quite a significant oh, return it's, on it's, investment. Yes. No, he's he's making a killing off of this. And and, and there's I'm not sitting there saying he's been a bad owner in the sense he's not making money. Because trust me, he's making plenty of money. Hell, he even owns a, a radio station for the team. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but the thing is, again, if you're going to remain the owner, you have got to come out and talk to the, the media. Because you shine a wave making all these decisions but not answering to any of them and making other people your scapegoats is not flying for a lot of us as fans. Now I'm talking fans. As media members, even more so. It's irritating that you're. we all know you're pulling the strings on all these deals, but you won't come out and talk about it. You leave your general managers mm-hmm. and your and your players and your manager out to dry and have them answer for your your you know your deals that you're making, the contracts. I would say out of all the contracts he's made, the dumbest one is, I mean... It, it, 
he's made some bad decisions when it comes to overage free agents. And I understand why you throw money because you're looking for that star power, that money. But they're bad decisions for the future of this team and the lineup and the salary. I get it. Now, the one that a lot of fans talk trash about is is the pool host deal. I'm, I'm actually on the other side. I think that's probably one of his better deals he's made. Mm-hmm. Mike Trout, of course, you were going to give him that. But now here's Shohei. Now you got Shohei here. You've already proven to Shohei that you're going to make bad decision after bad decision and now another bad decision. You could almost honestly, I, I hate saying this, you're probably going to kiss Shohei Otani ba- uh, goodbye unless you come out with some stupid, ridiculous mo- amount of money, which don't get me wrong, he's probably worth it, but oh, still yeah. you don't do it. Like when when a team's only going to give like 480, he's going to have to come over the time and be like, here's 550. You know what I mean? So now you're going to hamstring your, your salary and your payroll again for the next how many years? Because it's probably going to be an eight to 10 year deal that you're going to make this happen. And this is almost when you got to think uh, Moneyball. Well, obviously you're paying Mike Trout and hopefully can afford Shohei. And then everyone else, you just need to find the tools that fit. Because Shohei Otani, we've mentioned this before, like he's he's not your typical superstar, I don't think. I think he cares more about winning a World Series than he does about going somewhere that's going to necessarily pay him the most money. Like if a team that has the potential to make it to the World Series and compete and possibly win and they come in with maybe $50 million less than another team that has no chance, I feel like Shohei would go to the team that's like, yeah, I'd rather go to that team that's going to win. So he's not, even if the Angels could afford him, but there's no one, there's no chance that they'll have, he's going to walk regardless. Anaheim is the best place for Shohei according to what Shohei wants. And and that's, that's you're looking at Shohei wants to be in a major market that's not a major market. He doesn't want the limelight. He doesn't want the. But he also wants he, to he win. He doesn't want the stress. They're but not he, set up but to he win. he wants to win. No, see, I see. That's where I don't. Or I we disagree. thought they were. No, I think I think the Angels are set up to win. They really are. When you look at that lineup, it's not a bad lineup at all. You're talking about you got the two best players in Major League so Baseball. Do we need a, the new manager? You need a new. Last, remember last year, we're like, oh man, they're going to do so good, and then they and started that, off doing no, well. No, and, and that's then you're the like, thing is like already. <laughs> At the time you said you were going to put this team up for sale, you decided to hand over another year to Phil Nevin, who is not the right choice to be a manager of this team. So that even solidified it more. Okay, you're doing one-year deals here because you're you're actually, in fact, going to sell this team. Now what do you do? Because now you're stuck with Phil Nevin trying to lead this team again. <laughs> it is absolutely atrocious what him and his front office... I, I'm, I'm telling you, if, if Artie really wants to make this a go... He's got to get rid of everybody in that front office from top to bottom. Maybe you give Perry another few years because it's not really – Perry's walking into this. He's just walking into this. But some of your stalwarts you've had there uh, uh, for a very long time that have been your right hands really should not be in the positions they're in. And I'll say that now that I'm not associated with the team. <laughs> they do not belong in that front office because that's what's hurting you, Artie. They're, you're listening to the wrong people when it comes to this team. You're not listening to the right people. And you're hurting the fan base. The fan base is – is starving to be what we should be when you look at our roster. And by the way, in case anyone's curious, uh, this and I is can via, say we. Yeah, no, and this is via actually a paper at the Riverside Press Enterprise, actually. Um, My that, favorite paper that, ever. Alan, that Alan is not the only one because they, they do write that Angels fans had their hearts set on Lake of Ducks owner Henry Samueli. Or, to be honest, anybody but Artie. Okay. Samuel is not the right choice, too, because the Ducks are an absolute mess But either right way, now. but other fans in California right now basically are saying 
anybody but Artie. The initial public reaction included raging speculation over what this could mean, as we mentioned, for Shohei Otani's future with the Angels. The very early, very unofficial consensus is that Otani is gone. Beyond the product on the field, there is still no certainty as to what will be done with Angel Stadium, as Alan mentioned it also, and the surrounding property. So yes, uh, I think it's safe to say that our special guest, Angry Alan, is shares the same sentiment with a lot of the Angels fans who are still over there out in California. Oh, no, trust me. It's, it's, it's bad right now. And and I feel bad for a colleague of ours, Trent Rush, um, who works actually for 880. He's, he's a part of the Angels broadcast and he covered and he And uh, I feel bad for him right now because he's taking a lot of slack because he has to tote the company line. Yeah. Like, you know, he works for the owner. He works for the Angels owner who owns the radio station of which he works for. He has to. T- he can't come out and be like, damn it, boss. I really want you out of here. I think you suck. He can't do it. No. So he's got to come out toting party lines and being like, this is great day for the Angels. I'm so happy. And then he's got to take all the heat from all the fans and listeners. And I do. He's taking a, it's not it's not his thing, guys. Look. I, I respect Trent. I don't agree with what he's saying on Twitter, but I understand because I'm smart oh, yeah. enough to know he has to. He can't come out and be like, my owner sucks at owning this team. Yeah. He's unless, not he's ready to unless he's not ready have to have a job. Unless he's ready to come over here to HSRN <laughs> yeah. and move to Hawaii, uh, by all means. Yeah. But I don't think that's happening. You know what I mean? Because I think he's got a good gig going on there. But he, I just feel bad. The media, I feel bad because the media is the one that's going to be taking the slack. The ones that cover this team are the ones that are going to be taking the hit for this. And like, it's their fault. I'm like, no. Let's go. That's why I say, like, it's important for Artie. Artie, you made this decision. Stand by, get in front of the camera, field all these questions, and and take it like a man. I shouldn't say it like that, but like, but you know what I mean. Be strong no. enough. Be strong enough to take the criticism that that is coming your way because you deserve every every second of it. The only thing you've done really well in Anaheim is you've lowered beer prices, and that's about it. <laughs> People will gladly pay the higher beer prices to see a winning team. And and last quote here from that Riverside Press Enterprises that uh, people are saying it is hard as we've been saying the same thing. It's hard to get excited when the same old thing translates to seven straight sub 500 seasons. Womp womp. All right. When we come back, we'll wrap it up and actually talk about this really good article done by the KHON2 news team just about the Eddie winner, Luke Shepardson, next on Wake Up in the Den. It's Wake Up in the Den on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Kule Agbayani Alamia wrapping up the show here as I wanted to mention this really good um, detailed write-up by Christian Shimabuku of KHON2 News, basically catching up with Eddie Aikau Big Wave Invitational champion Luke Shepardson, who was, you know, less than 24 hours after winning what the contest, he was as we mentioned, back on duty, being a lifeguard. So, and I for, I, I forgot to mention this yesterday or make note, and I'm sure you guys heard it, but just in case, I mean, I just think it's so magical at the fact that not only, you know, a lifeguard winning this big wave surf contest, but when we go back in history on who this contest is named after and Eddie Aikau, and he was a lifeguard and the first lifeguard at Waimea Bay and he lost his life trying to save people. So just for it to kind of come full circle and a lifeguard wins the Eddie Aikau, 
who was back on duty the following day. And the, the this write-up, and if you guys want to go check it out, just go to the sports section on KHON2.com. And basically, he said that he still can't believe it. Can't believe it makes him want to cry. It's out of his wildest dreams and can't believe it. And uh, he started Sunday with lifeguard duty at Waimea Bay. <laughs> to assist with, of course, the spectators and fellow surfers in the eddy before he competed in it himself. <laughs> so it's just crazy. And, and it talks about, it gets a little backstory uh, about Luke Shepardson, where he's 27 years old right now, and he's a North Shore native and attended Kahuku High School for a year before dropping out. <laughs> and his friends call him Casual Luke due to his mellowness and laid-back nature. <laughs> it's like, I thought that was so cute. So he dropped out of Kahuku, and yeah, but just a casual Luke, just casually, you know, surfing 50-foot waves and winning the big wave at the Aikau Invitational. And, and like, it's such a, it, it's pretty a, a pretty extensive lineup, but I wanted to make sure to tell everyone in case you wanted to check it out because it, it's a fun read. Um, oh, another thing that's cool that this article points out is that of course, his phone was flooded with, you know, calls and texts uh, and, and attempts to reach him on social media. But he actually deactivated his Instagram account a month and a half ago. And he said, quote, I spent too much time on it. I tried to live in the present world, not in the Instagram world. I so love that. I got just chicken skin just uh, reading that out loud. So he's totally casual, Luke. And I wanted to highlight that in this, that they were able to kind of yeah catch up with him just patrolling the beach and not living in the instagram world so can you believe people that maybe aren't his you know close friends and family can only reach him during on instagram and he's like nope i'm just chilling patrolling the beach and and surfing big waves and i still like are just thinking about all the moments of watching the eddie and and then of course speaking of social media still going through the videos of everyone getting flooded out and why are you people no listen? <laughs> but you know what? When you uh, when you look at the video, though, you can tell you're like, yeah, these are people that are clearly not from here. Because as I like, as I said, and a lot of the local people you could see, all the local people were like either higher up on the beach or they were watching it from the cliffs. And all the not as looking local people were the ones with. I think I saw like a lady with like probably like a Louis Vuitton bag and then the water comes and and then like the lifeguard saved a puppy someone had their little like a little dog on the sand puppy almost got washed away I'm like people <laughs> what is yeah, going on I, here I cannot deal with some, like people only think on a surface level you know what I mean you gotta you gotta think deeper into the, like what's going on in every situation you can't just look at things at the surface and, and then make a decision based on what you see Right. You got you got to look at it and go like, OK, yeah, it's it's OK for now. So let me plot here. No, you got to think about like, OK, what happens when the tide rises or if the waves get even bigger? It's going to come up here and, and sweep us. And the currents are, are something you haven't faced before. And and so I, I just don't know, people, we got to be smarter of what we're doing here. Like we just we just really got to be smarter because, again, it's not just your life you put at risk. It's those around you that try to save you and your belongings. And of course, your puppies. <laughs> And in, in one case, the actual baby, you know, a, a baby. <sighs> but like this is when, like, some of these people maybe need to spend a little more time on social media just to kind of get the PSAs and the other videos that go viral of taking, like, videos of other people, like, trying to put their head in the blowhole. Like, 
<laughs> like, what are people thinking? But in Hawaii, you know, not only do we learn people putting their heads. <laughs> you'd be surprised you and like you have the local people saying like hey come back you know like up on the rock like what are you doing trying to warn all these people for i don't know what people are thinking but you know here locally especially we grew up going to the beach you know rule number one never turn your back up to the ocean no matter how calm it looks because you know waves come in as sets like it'll be calm one and i've seen it happen at waimea bay like with the huge shore break where It'll seem really calm and you have tourists just casually swimming and then the big set rolls in and then they get pounded by the shore break. But that's like typical. And we know that or at Sandy's, right? Like, but all these people, they're just unsuspecting, have no idea. But moral of the story, be safe. And again, congratulations to Casual Luke and kudos to you, man, for staying off of Instagram. And at this point, I might need to stay off of Twitter too for a little while just to maintain my my sunshine and rainbow land as we go into it today. For Alan Mia, I'm Kule Ogbeani. Mahalo for listening. Home of the Los Angeles Clippers, KGUAM K236CR is the Hawaii Sports Radio Network on AM 760, 95.1 FM.